This is the South Bend Beat Podcast, presented by Alpha Dog Agency. What's up, everybody? I wanted to do a quick um, out-of-the-ordinary podcast uh, following Kobe Bryant's death. I'm I'm a pretty big basketball fan. Um, Another one of my uh, business endeavors is Point Guard University, where we train athletes and run camps all over the country. And I ended up writing a blog post about Kobe and just the meaning of sports in general and had a few people reach out and say that I should put it into audio or podcast form um, as a little bite-sized podcast. So I'm just going to read that blog on the podcast and then if it makes it a little easier to consume via audio, uh, that'd be great. So this is the blog post, Kobe Bryant and the meaning of sports. I love basketball and that's probably an understatement, but I love basketball. I love football and baseball too. But basketball means something more to me. I grew up the son of a basketball coach. My dad's a coach out in Kansas, um, and I've played the game for years. I still consume it in one way or another on a daily basis, whether it's uh, watching, coaching, training, um, or just being involved in the game uh, via the Internet or checking things out. Uh, I fell in love with basketball when I was about eight years old, um, and then shortly after that I really dove into it. It was open gym every day. In the summers, we played every weekend, traveling around the country. Uh, We play over 100 games every summer. And school ball would start, and it'd just be a year-round thing, uh, up until I stopped playing in college. Um, And I I love sports. I love what it can do to a group of people. I love what it can do for a young man or young woman's confidence. And I love what Kobe Bryant meant to the game that means so much to me. I first became a fan of Kobe when I was about nine years old, uh, shortly after I became obsessed with the game. Kobe was a rookie, and he was just hitting the national spotlight going from high school to the NBA, uh, which at that time was still pretty rare. Um, and it's since the rule has since changed, but uh, at, at that time it was a pretty big deal. And he won the NBA dunk contest as a rookie, as a teenage kid, with a between-the-legs dunk that at the time was really freakish. Um, and I would go out and try and do it on the crank goal with my friends all the time. would always get hurt, but I always tried to pull it off. That's not really when my love for Kobe started to blossom. It was a few months later. The Lakers had advanced to the second round of the playoffs, and in Game 5, facing elimination, things didn't go well for Kobe. He wanted the ball down the stretch, as you could imagine, uh, but he shot four air balls, eliminating the Lakers. And I've always gone against the grain when I moved to Kansas. Everyone was either a KU fan or K-State fan. Uh, so I adopted Duke as my team. I don't really know why. I just wanted to be different and go against the grain. So when people were jumping off the Kobe bandwagon at various times during his career, uh, that's kind of when I dug in. And I remember my dad's team uh, at the high school that he coached at getting the first Kobe shoes, and I was real jealous I didn't get a pair. I didn't know if they didn't make them in kids at that time or what, but I didn't get a pair. But I did end up with every Kobe shoe after that until his run with Nike, um, even the moon boots, which I believe were the Kobe 2s. Uh, and I saved up money in eighth grade to try and get a piece of memorabilia. This is when I like got big into eBay, and I just wanted memorabilia of all my favorite players. And my two favorite players were Allen Iverson and Kobe Bryant. Um, Allen Iverson was my favorite player. And to this day, I remember sitting in a computer lab in Sharon Springs, Kansas, over my lunch break, just obsessively, obsessively watching an eBay auction countdown. I was trying to stay the high bidder, and it was a photo of two of them, hands on their knees during a free throw, and they had both signed it. Uh, I did end up the highest bidder, and that still hangs in my office to this day. 
And whether you loved or hated Kobe, you couldn't help but be drawn to the TV when he was playing. I mean, he had an intensity that really Michael Jordan was only the the only person I can think of that rivaled it. Uh, and the same goes for his competitive nature. I mean, he just wanted to win and win big. And this resonated with me, carried through my playing days, even today playing pickup basketball, whether it's at ice or noon hoops over at Bethel. I, I can toe the line between being competitive and obnoxiously competitive. Um, and I'd like to blame Kobe for that. And Kobe went on to dominate nationally. Uh, as I was spending my years playing the game I'd fallen in love with, I remember his 40-point streak and running around in disbelief with each passing game. And I remember later waking up uh, on a school morning to turn on Center and see that he scored 81 the night before and just sitting in awe, watching highlights, not being able to believe it. I even remember skipping my senior prom so I could watch the Lakers and Suns game seven in the playoffs, which didn't go well for Kobe, but... I was there watching. So when the news came down about the accident, uh, it shook me. And, I mean, it's a funny thing when the death of an athlete, celebrity, or politician we admired, we don't know them personally. In many cases, we probably will never meet them. And if someone had told me the day before Kobe died, hey, Kobe's going to die in a helicopter accident tomorrow, I would have assumed I would have been bummed, uh, but largely would have let it go pretty quickly. And when it actually happened... It just wasn't the case, and I didn't know how to feel about it. It uh, it ended up hurting a lot more than I thought it would have. Um, so I wasn't able to check my phone much on Sunday. I was driving back from seeing family down near Indianapolis, and about halfway through the drive, I was feeling a little groggy, so I decided to let Tina drive the rest of the way. Um, and I had dozed off for a minute or two, and then a phone call came from my dad, and he said, Did you hear about Kobe? And I said, No, what? Your immediate reaction is really bad news, you know, that he died. I, I do think that's pretty normal, but I just held out hope that the words dead or death or died weren't going to be his next words, and I was obviously wrong. Um, he said died, helicopter crash. And it was a, get, a gut punch. I, I didn't even know what to think. I immediately hung up and went to Twitter to get details and hope that it was another false celebrity death story. Um, those do seem to pop up. Uh, and obviously, and unfortunately, it wasn't the case this time. And I, I didn't really know how to process it. Uh, this is probably the biggest athlete death of my lifetime and, and probably really any lifetimes as far as how quickly it was after he stopped playing, um, how large his celebrity was and what he meant to the game. I remember during his 40-point streak uh, when I was younger, watching him in a game against the Nuggets, and he hit this crazy shot at the top of the key. I ran around the house, and then I looked at my mom and said, he's immortal. And my mom just looked at me and said, no one is immortal. And she was pretty right. But he seemed about as close as you could get on the basketball court. Nothing really ever phased Kobe. He would fall or fail, and he'd come right back at you. He shot those four air balls, eliminating his team as an 18-year-old kid. So many careers would be done right then, right out of high school in the NBA, failing on a national scale, and not even failing, like failing miserably. But he went on to win titles, MVPs, final MVPs. He appeared in 18 All-Star games. You'd give him your best shot, and he'd give you his back, and his was usually better. My next thought after hearing about the accident was to hope and pray that none of his daughters were on the helicopter with him. Uh, which obviously led to another devastating gut punch as his daughter, his 13-year-old daughter, uh, Gianna, or Gigi, 
uh, was on the helicopter with him. She's been in the public eye for a while. Um, she's at games a lot with her dad. Um, and she was looking like she'd be another star on the court in the Bryant family. Uh, looked like she was going to go to UConn. She'd probably end up in the WNBA. I mean, I mean, she was a really good player. Um, and if you go to my blog, there's a clip of Kobe talking about Gianna with Jimmy Kimmel, uh, where he really just lets his infamous guard down and speaks purely with and with pride about her. And I'm going to play that uh, right here. Do you think your daughter might want to play in the WNBA? She does for sure. She does? I, I don't, it means this, this kid, man. She's Wouldn't like, that be great? Dude, man, I, I'm telling you. The best, the, best thing, the best thing that happens is when we go out and, and, and fans will come up to me and she'll be standing next to me and they'll be like, hey, you got to have a boy. You and V got to have a boy, man. Have somebody carry on the tradition, the legacy. She's like, oh, yeah, I got this. <laughs> you know, boy, for that, I got to do Like, that's right. Yes, you do. You got this. How old are the? And I'd recommend you do go to the blog um, to watch the video too when he's talking about it and just see him smiling and how proud he is. It, it's a real cool video. It's also now devastating, uh, but it's worth checking out. And as Sunday's news got worse, we learned that nine people in total had died. This included teammates of Gianna's, uh, those teammates' parents, another coach, the pilot. Um, I just I feel gutted and. It's just something I can't seem to shake. Um, and then just speaking from the scope of Kobe, can you imagine him in those final moments? I mean, we have to imagine that it wasn't a mystery what was going to happen to them. We now know that there was some rough weather, um, and it started looking pretty dicey. And then closer to those last moments, it started looking real dicey. Um, so you have Kobe, the father, knowing that he's likely in his final moments with his daughter, um, he can see how scared she is. He knows he's going to leave behind his wife, three additional daughters, ages 17, all the way down to less than one year old. Um, and I imagine he felt some responsibility too, which is additionally devastating. It was his helicopter. He surely invo invited the others to join them. Um, logic kind of goes out the windows and out the window in that moment, and he's probably placing blame on himself, which it just it also sucks. Um, I do want to add that Kobe used his helicopter all the time. He didn't really drive. He preferred the efficiency of a hel helicopter, allowed him to get done what he needed to do and still prioritize family time. Um, and in the blog, I have a clip of him talking about that in an interview. Uh, this clip isn't as important to watch because um, it's just standard interview, but I will play that right now. You know, after school activities, all that fun stuff, even on weekends. But then traffic started getting really, really bad. Right, and I was sitting in traffic, and I wound up missing like a school play because mm -hmm. I was sitting in traffic, and this, this thing just kept out, and I had to figure out a way where I could still train and focus on the craft, but still not compromise family time. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I looked into helicopters and be able to get down and back in 15 minutes, mm -hmm. and, and that's when it started. And so my routine was always the same: waits early in the morning, kids to school, fly down, practice like crazy, do my extra work, media, everything I needed to do fly back, get back in carpool line, pick the kids up. And my wife was like, listen, I can pick them up. I'm like, no, no, no. I I want to do that because, mm -hmm. like, you know, you have road trips and times where you're not, you don't see your right. kids, man, right. you know? So, like, every chance I get to see them and spend time with them, even if it's 20 minutes in the car, like, I want that. So, yeah, I mean, obviously that's that's tough to listen to. Um, and it, as Kobe, you know, moved past basketball and had more time on his hands, his second act was looking to be as successful as his first. He'd already won an Oscar for Dear Basketball, um, a short that he did. 
Um, and he said no to virtually every opportunity that he was offered in basketball, whether it be front office, coaching, and in media. Uh, instead, opting to choose time, opting to spend time with his family. Um, when he played, basketball consumed him. I mean, he famously only needed a few hours of sleep every night. So it would be like 4 a.m. to 11 p.m. every day. I mean, it was just basketball, basketball, basketball. And he was not shy about saying that retirement allowed him to spend more time with his family. Um, he could still play when he retired. I mean, famously in his last game, he had 60 points. Um, he could have still gone and helped uh, a contender um, in some capacity. Um, and then when they do retire, a lot of athletes you know, will say, well, now I can spend time with family. But they just have trouble staying away from the game that consumed their lives. I mean, Kobe was a prodigy from before his teenage years and starting as a senior in high school from you know up until he retired i mean he was a basketball star in the nba so it's tough to just walk away from that uh but he did live it he coached gianna's team he spent a ton of time um you know around her and that team and when he did do interviews he spoke often and candidly about his wife and his daughters uh, he did make mistakes you know earlier in his career um, as we all do make mistakes although our mistakes are not as publicly broadcasted as his were. Um, he did. He seemed to have learned from them. He moved on, and he was poised to make the next, you know, 40, 50, 60 years of his life uh, just as memorable as the first 40, if not more. And there were times growing up uh, where myself and a few t- teammates would load up onto a small plane, you know, that would hold six to eight people and head to our tournaments. Um Besides it being extremely fun and convenient and kind of, you know, something out of the box that we got to do, it helped form bonds, uh, just like Kobe taking his helicopter to tournaments. Um, Bonds that started on the court with practices, they continued on the court in games, and those bonds were solidified in the hotels, running around town, talking about the games. Uh, These are lifelong memories I'll never forget. In sports, in the grand scheme of things, they aren't really that important. Vanessa Bryant lost her husband and her daughter. The remaining three daughters lost their father and their sister. In that sense, basketball is absolutely meaningless. But what sports can lead to or begin to blossom, it's immensely meaningful. And sports are supposed to be fun. In my life, sports has allowed me to form friendships and lifelong bonds that will never be broken. It started when I was eight years old, and it continues to this day. Uh, Do I remember all the wins and losses? Nope. Championships, records, box scores, what I remember most, they're not. I remember heading to practice at 6 a.m. with my friends. I remember getting through conditioning at practice and being so happy we'd dance in the locker room. I remember sweating, battling, and crying with my teammates through victory and defeat. I remember each and every nickname. And I remember that sports taught me to plan, prepare, battle, not give up, and that I can be humbled in a hurry. All lessons that are valuable to this day. And it's why it's so important for me to stay involved in the game of basketball today. When we put on camps in different areas of the country, I get to see kids from different schools come together and form friendships uh, that may not have been formed otherwise. Who won MVP? Who won the scrimmage? Who had the best time drill? It doesn't really matter. What matters is that sports, uh, basketball specifically here, allowed these kids to form friendships and bonds that will last a lifetime. It taught them that they'll have to work together, not in isolation. It taught them that if you want to be great at something, it's going to take work. There are no shortcuts in any sport, just as there are no shortcuts in life. You have to work. And it's a lot easier and more, more enjoyable 
when you have brothers and sisters on your side working toward the same goal that you are. And at the end of each summer, uh, currently, I, I make a list of the campers I was most proud of. Um, I make a list of my top five moments from every summer, all the camps combined. And nearly all my top moments, both these past two years, uh, are the looks on kids' faces when they hit a big shot once we start getting competitive at the end of the week. Uh, these kids didn't know many of the other campers just days prior. And they went into the final day of camp uh, just hoping to perform well and honestly not let their teammates down. Oftentimes it's kids that maybe don't have the experience or skill level as other kids or they're younger and they get put on teams with uh, older, more well-known players. And those younger guys and girls, they they just want to play well. Uh, and they want the rest of their teammates to be proud of them. And when they hit that big shot, they, they're so happy. And it's, it's really unbelievable. Uh, I have a... A video on the blog as well of one of the young girls at our camps uh, hitting the big free throw to win for her team and the joy on her face and excitement and pumping her fists it's just an awesome video there's no way you can watch it and not smile so you can go to the blog to check that out if you'd like and you'll see when the shot goes in like I mentioned it it's just pure joy and that's a drug to me the other campers many of which she didn't even know just a few days ago or mobbing her, congratulating her. And that happens really in every case. Um, and you can see what it means to them right on their face. There's no hiding that emotion. And that is what sport means to me. The game of basketball lost arguably their greatest ambassador on Sunday. And more importantly, three young girls lost their father. And a wife lost her husband, along with the far-reaching losses felt from the rest of the lives lost in that helicopter. And when I go, I hope that my impact reaches the level that Kobe had on so many in some capacity. I want, I want family, friends, former teammates, or anyone else I interacted with to tell others that I impacted them in some way. And that I left people a reason or two to smile with fond memories. And if that's the case, sports will have a lot to do with it. We'll miss you, Kobe, and thank you for everything. I'm young, but uh, I'm not going to back down from anyone. Yeah. I'm just going to play hard. And, uh, no, who knows? Dear Kobe. Dear Kobe. Dear Kobe. Dear Kobe. Dear Kobe. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Kobe Bean. Kobe, thank you, man. Dear Kobe. Thank you. Thank you for your passion, your commitment, and dedication to basketball. Thank you for showing us that the number 24 isn't just a number on your jersey, but the amount of hours in a day that you have to devote to the game to be the best. Thank you for giving and giving and giving. Thank you for pushing through when your body says no, but your heart says yes. Thank you for the games that you refuse to lose and the ones you always seem destined to win. Thank you for your endless drive. For showing us that even on your worst day, there's nothing else to do but push harder. For showing us there's no such thing as magic, but only hard work. Thank you for playing the game the way it was meant to be played. Thank you for teaching us to believe in ourselves, even when nobody else did. 
For 20 years, you gave our game all you had. And we are eternally grateful. Thank you for being you, competitor supreme. Thank you for loving the game of basketball. And uh, you know, we're going to keep chasing you.